0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins. Period. Well, hello there. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. If we haven't met before, my name's Ryan. Thank you for just coming here and and checking this out if you're new around here and and thank you uh thank you even more if you've been coming for a while and you keep coming back but hey we're going to invite our ushers to come forward uh this is the time where we give an offering together if you all would pray with me before that that'd be lovely god thank you for that time of worship thank you for Just the presence of your Holy Spirit. We just say, come Lord, we want more of you to just be filling this room up. Um, Anybody who's sitting here today who um, they they haven't felt your presence before or they're they're not sure if it was really you, I just pray that you would get bigger and you would uh, just make yourself known. We say, come Holy Spirit. We give you this offering today uh, that you would expand your kingdom with it. Thank you for calling us sons and daughters. We give our hearts to you and um, we give this offering to you to, to do with whatever you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, they're going to pass those things along. if. You're new around here, hopefully you got a program when you came in, and uh, you can take a look at that to see some of the things that are coming up soon. Um, I want to talk today about um, some of the, maybe some of the limitations that we are experiencing more and more as we, come, we become more advanced Um, The more advanced we become, it's kind of interesting to find that we are um, losing out on certain things that maybe we took for granted or didn't realize were so important. But uh, I want to talk today about what it means to be fully present, uh, to be fully present as a person, a fellow human being. Uh, The thing about God that is incredible is that he is, one of the attributes he has is that he's omnipresent, means that he can be everywhere at once and completely there. He can be all the way, um, everywhere at the same time, all the way him, 100% fully. He's omnipresent. He's the only one who's like this, though. We are not omnipresent we like to say things like we're we're multitasking <laughs> anybody anybody say like you're good at multitasking you're good at lying <laughs> um, cuz none of us are good at mu- maybe we're good at like half-heartedly doing certain things um with our our kids being home for part of this last year during the uh you know the did we not have our ushers come down you guys still do oh you guys are good all right all right there we go they were looking at me like uh maybe you need to do a double dip a second round or something <laughs> anyways um, at, at our house we had three kids home for different amounts of time throughout the year uh instead of being at school and so they were doing most of their schoolwork online and it just posed new challenges and we're having to run around and kind of police different things and you know they're supposed to be on a a zoom call a zoom school meeting deal their zoom classroom and the thing about the zoom like the the little camera on a laptop they can't see uh, a student sitting there with their phone right over here I go, are, are you supposed to be on your phone while you're in the... Oh, I'm just... I was just multitasking. Oh, give me that. Um, and we're not, expected, we're not expected to be perfect, but one of the things that we can be as humans is we can be present with people. We can be present with people. We can be present with God, how many of you would say um, that you have some type of a phone addiction happening? Two of you? (laughs) How many of your loved ones would say that you might have a phone addiction (laughs) of some kind? How many of you would say that texting... Has become your primary form of communication, like which I cannot, I can't believe that that is true, and it and it's it's true for me. So imagine just for a minute that there's a a family or a group of close friends that go out to dinner. Uh, We're starting to be able to venture back out into the world and do things and we're 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 going out and here here's one of the reasons I'm talking about this is because um we're like we're dumber than ever right now we have been like uh, we're just so not used to being around people but you go out with your family or maybe a a group of close friends to dinner at a nice restaurant and here's the scene uh at the table or the booth, uh, two of the people are texting. Um, One of them is Instagramming food pictures. The other one's checking Facebook. The other one is like testing out Snapchat filters. And the only conversation that is going on seems to revolve around each other's digital lives. Like, look at this picture that I took. How many of us sit around and we go, look at everything now, is, look, at, look at what happened, look at what I did, look what I... Look what this guy on Twitter said. And it makes us, it makes us cringe to think about that scene, but it, we do more, more of it every day. Uh, over the last several years, I would say that... Um, even though we're in a more wireless culture than ever, the cord connected to us has gotten longer and longer. We used to know how to unplug, but now when it comes time to engage with the real world, it's getting harder and harder to separate our digital lives from reality. When I was uh, 13 years old, I made a big advancement in the technology department. For my 13th birthday, I got a beeper. (laughs) And this was like a big deal. Like, everybody wanted a pager, a beeper. And I remember I got this super, it was overly expensive, Uh, turquoise, but also clear, like see-through turquoise beeper (laughs) that cost about $40 a month. $40 a month to do what? To to page you, to (laughs) tell somebody that someone was trying to call you. Perform the most simple task that we can imagine. It, It beeped. It, also, it doubled as a clock, too, a tiny, tiny clock, and I would check it about 127 times a day, even though only one person ever in the world paged me, my dad, <laughs> like somehow did not realize at the time that I was craving this tiny little babysitter. Like, please give me this thing where you can find me. Uh, I got my first cell phone, let's see, 22 years ago, 22 years ago, it didn't text, that wasn't a thing. A couple phones later... uh, I had a cell phone plan that all of a sudden included 30 text messages. I was kind of on the the front line of this because I worked at a place where we sold cell phones. And so uh, with buying a cell phone, I had some kind of insane now I I wish I could have grandfathered in that deal. $10 a month, unlimited everything, $10 a month. When they didn't even know what data was, they were like, I don't know, how much? (laughs) But after I get a couple different phones down the line, all of a sudden it comes along that this now includes 30 text messages. 30 text messages, I'll never use that. That was just always the thing. Why on earth would I text message somebody when I could just call them? and then the phone plan keeps changing and you get 100 texts, you get 200, you get 400 a month until all of a sudden you're paying for unlimited texting. And then you're asking the question all of a sudden, why on earth would I call somebody (laughs) when I could just text them? (laughs) This is the evolution that we've been a part of. The internet has evolved. Uh, for a lot of us who experienced this at the very beginning, I remember going to a, a friend's house uh, in about sixth grade, and he's like, "You got to come over. I got the the internet." I was like, "What the heck is the internet?" It's like, man, you could find anything. In sixth grade, you couldn't find you could find almost nothing, but it it felt like endless possibilities. The new internet. Eventually brought about message boards and then instant messenger, being able to talk with friends, live journal, MySpace, Facebook, and on and on and on and on. The cord the cord has gotten longer over the years to, even though we, we felt like we had more freedom and more technology, the cord has continued to get longer and attached to us. You know, they say right now, this is uh, the, the current generation of people. They are the most photographed generation of people by more, more than a hundredfold. The most photographed generation of people by more than a hundredfold. And yet, they are the generation that will have the least photos, like printed photographs, framed photos, Hanging on a wall of any generation since the the, the camera has been invented, it's just kind of interesting. We're more connected than ever, and yet we are also, in certain ways, less connected to each other than ever. Uh, one of the big reasons for that is because now, even when we're there with people, we're not really there. Now, when we're there with people, we're not really there. When our brains are in two or more places at the same time, we call that being distracted. The Bible calls it being double-minded. It calls it being double-minded. It says this in James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Any of you ever do that? You lack wisdom. I know. God, I am dumb. I need more smarts. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God for it. How many of us are willing to admit that we're kind of dumb? And we, need, God, I need you to, I'm, I'm a little slow with a lot of things. I need you to give me something that I don't have. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. And so it's essentially like, why are you asking God for something that you don't even believe that he can give to you anyways? Why are you wasting both of our time? Because the key ingredient to receiving things from God is believing that he can give them to you. And so are you in a single-minded place of, well, I'm asking God for this thing because I know that he can provide it. Or are you doing that thing, that double-minded thing of saying, well, yeah, I know that God is good and that he can do that, but I don't don't want to bother him. Or I don't want to, I don't know. Some of us, we just don't want to be disappointed and so we're afraid that if God doesn't deliver on the thing that I ask Him for, then uh, then I'll have less belief. And so I, I just don't want to risk it. I don't want to. I don't want to ask Him for anything just in case. This is uh, an issue of faith and doubt. Uh, it's an issue for me because I have fairly severe ADD. <laughs> um, I've. i What was I talking about? <laughs> I have um, fairly, fairly strong ADD. That um, you know, I I have take, taken medicine for for years. Um, I don't recognize how bad it is until I don't have my medicine, <laughs> and then I am useless. Um, I just cannot. I have, I have way too many thoughts that are, are firing off a million at a time, and I can't focus in on anything. Everything is kind of fuzzy, and it's just this, um, it's this inability to, to be single-minded toward whatever it is I need to be single-minded towards. Um, I struggle with spiritual ADD as well. What happens when you are not all the way present with a person that you um, you love, you care about, you maybe you want to get to know, maybe just maybe they're even a stranger, but um, they they deserve your attention, they deserve your presence. Uh, what happens? Is a lot of us have this, you know, we have kind of this uh, this double-minded existence going on with them, where our minds are in a million places. A lot of us are into our phone, or we're into we're thinking about the next thing that we're going to do. And here's here's kind of the issue: is that for the person who's sitting in the room with you, uh, there are multiple questions being asked that aren't being said out loud. When someone talks to you, um, these unspoken questions that are happening, where um, basically one of the unspoken questions would be, do you have faith that a conversation with me will be fulfilling to you? Do you have faith that a conversation with me will be more fulfilling than you to you than looking at your phone or... Your computer or or something else, and you might be giving an unspoken answer back of, yeah, I kind of doubt it. Do you trust that talking to me is going to be more interesting than looking at your phone, or that I'm worth it to talk to more than whatever it is that you're looking at? And nobody's ever asking this question, but it's unspoken and it's out there. And a lot of us are answering it. No, you're not really worth it. I don't believe that you're going to be more interesting than what I'm looking at. I don't believe that you're more valuable than what I'm letting myself be distracted by. And we're in a double-minded place. A double-minded person is someone who's filled with doubt. It says in this verse that they're a person who's blown around. Tossed back and forth by the wind. Some of you have experienced this in a, a spiritual place where maybe you've, uh, you've experienced God in some way. You've been amazed by the works of the Holy Spirit. You've felt the presence of God. Um, you will leave a certain place and say, I know without the shadow of a doubt that God is real, that he loves me, that Jesus died on a cross for me. Like you've had an experience and yet... Uh, the next day, you'll maybe watch something on the History Channel, and you'll decide, "Ah, I don't even know if God's real." You'll read something on the internet and say, "Hmm, I'm, I, I don't know. I feel kind of stupid. I think that I think that church tricked me." That's being double-minded, where you're easily swayed. Some guy on the internet said that the Bible's just a big made-up story and that Christians are idiots. Now what am I going to do on Sunday mornings? That's that's being unstable. It's being double-minded. It's easily swayed. It's where your foundation has been built on sand and it can be easily washed away. I have to confess, too, that I, I have... I have doubts that come in constantly uh, in a spiritual way and doubts that come in with my wife and my kids and my friends and with you all that I talk to from the church, uh, where I will have that doubt that says, yeah, I kind of doubt that what we're going to talk about is more interesting than these woodworking videos on YouTube. Or I doubt that, that what we're going to do together is going to be interesting enough for me to, um, to enjoy. And so when my, what my daughter, Claire, asked, Dad, do you want to play with me? Do you want to play a game with me? I, I hate that confession that honestly, most of the time it's like, not really. Because, like, am am I gonna get enough out of this? Am I gonna, is it gonna be worth my time? Is it gonna be more interesting than what I was gonna do? Honestly, I doubt it a lot of times. Have you ever heard anybody say, or maybe you've been the person who has said this, something like, yeah, my dad was always around. But he was never really there for me. Yeah, my dad was always around, but he was never really there for me. Well, how can that how can that be? How can somebody be in proximity yet not present? And yet you know exactly what that means. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? where they just melt, made you feel like the most important person in the world. Like they just focused completely on you and what you were saying. You were kind of shocked about like, this person, like they're, they're paying complete attention to me. They're, they're focused on what I'm talking about. They're hearing me completely. Like I know that they heard me. I know they weren't just waiting to respond or to be done talking to me or whatever. It, and it's weird, isn't it? But when someone is fully present with us and they're 100% engaged, it makes you feel valued. It makes you feel heard. It makes you feel worthy. It makes you feel loved. It makes you feel, it makes you feel human. It's one of the things that I've talked with uh, so many different homeless people about is one of the most painful things to them is just the number of people who are not willing to make eye contact with them or not willing to acknowledge their existence and just walk by and ignore as hard as they possibly can because you feel like less than a human you feel like less than valuable like they 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 weren't not just not fully present with me, they were 100% away from me. Here's some unsolicited dating advice for anybody who's in the dating game right now. You want to get a second date? Be fully present with her. Be fully present with him. Give your undivided attention to them, cut the double-mindedness, unplug from your phone, from anything else, focus on them, and have faith that what they say might just be interesting and worth listening to. I don't care what you look like, you will become surprisingly sexy (laughs) when you are fully present with somebody. Jesus was amazing at this in particular at being present with people he was traveling all over the place healing people of various diseases on his way to someone's house on his way uh, to fulfill his mission his destiny and yet again and again even though he had a mission and he's trying to get to a certain destination He would stop what he was doing, and he would be present with people. In Luke chapter 8, it says this. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people were crowding and pressing against you. Like, it's, it's kind of, a bunch of people touched you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Jesus stopped everything to talk with this woman and make her feel like she was the most important person in the world. She didn't even want to bother him. Like she didn't want, because she didn't feel worthy. She didn't feel valuable enough to do that. But Jesus stops and he says, no, you are my daughter. And you are worthy, you are valuable enough, and you are healed. I think that the reason that he does this and that he didn't just let this uh, brush up against him healing take place is because he wanted to make sure that doubt didn't creep in later. Where she said, did that really happen? Did that really take hold? Did I steal something I didn't deserve from Jesus? Did I have to sneak and and take it when He wouldn't have given it to me? He wanted to stop and say, I am gonna give you all of my presence and tell you without the shadow of a doubt, you are my daughter, you are loved, you are valuable, you are worthy, and you are healed. Go on and be well. What would it look like for you to be fully present with your family? To be fully present with your friends? To be fully present with your kids? Um, That's one of the things that Mother Teresa said. They said, how can how can we change the world? How can we make the world a better place? And she said, go home and love your families. That's how you do it. Go and be fully present with them. I think the reason why a lot of us end up pulling out our phones at the restaurant uh, is because it's easier. It's easier um, than having conversations with real people. They take effort, um, they get uncomfortable, Sometimes there's awkward silences. Sometimes you don't have the answer. Relationships take work. And fear and doubt are a part of those relationships. We fear the awkwardness of a conversation. Well, what if I don't know what to say? Or what if if we... A lot of us are afraid. You know, one of the things... My wife and I have been trying to have more date nights lately. And they've become, you know... If they start becoming foreign, if you're in a place right now with your spouse where a date night is foreign, there's an unspoken fear that what if we don't have anything to talk about after the appetizer? Like, what if, what if we don't have anything? There's that fear there. And some of us have that doubt. We doubt the other person that is joining us is going to have anything interesting to say. And so we pull out the phone. Another thing that's at play that kind of keeps us from being fully present in the here and now with other people, it doesn't have anything to do with our our phones or computers or anything like that. Uh, A lot of us are not able to experience the goodness that God has for us today because we're stuck in the past. Or we're longing for the future. I talk with a lot of people who, um, and I don't know if I can explain properly why I think this is connected, but I talk with a lot of people who are stuck in the past. They're kind of living in the glory days. Or they're longing for the future when things are going to be better. Like someday things will be okay. Um, St. Irenaeus, The glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. That's that's one we got to slow down for a second. So, if we try to explain what is the glory of God, like that sounds like a big deal, right? The glory of God is you fully alive, all the way. You completely fully alive the way that he describes like life to the full the abundant life what is the glory of god it's you fully alive that that is his ultimate work that he's out here to do it's his ultimate work he's his his ultimate goal is you being fully alive alive And so, if you're a person who is kind of stuck in the glory days of, man, I remember when we were in high school, we we're and beers. I had like eight different chicks. Man, I talk to some of these guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the, that's the best, that's the best part of your life. Whew. Either stuck in the glory days or uh, like past wounds of this thing happened to me and I've never been able to move past it or the delusions of grandeur and um, someday everything's going to be better. Someday my grass will cut itself. Someday I'm going to have a Mercedes. Someday like those are things that keep you from being fully alive now for me one of the things laying down at night like i have it's it's so frustrating how often it happens i'll have a fantastic day god you are good lay down to go to sleep immediate reminders in my head hey remember that horrible thing you did 7 years ago I'm like what why are you who is bringing this up that is the enemy of God using a common tactic that he does. Oh, you had a good day. You are, um, you're starting to feel that God is good. You're starting to uh, step into that being fully alive. I know what I'll do. I'll remind you of something you did. Try and get you off the path. John chapter 10 It says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As soon as you're starting to have life and have it to the full and experience that thing that God wants for you more than anything else, you fully alive, that's when the thief comes. That's when he shows up and he tries to pull one of his his moves. And are we going to keep letting him pull the same move again and again? That we may have life and have it to the full. That life um, for the the criminal that has been pardoned. That's me. The sick man who's been cured. The dead man who's been raised. That we might be, he calls us justified, sanctified, and ultimately glorified by his work that we would have it more abundantly and that we'd stop forfeiting that life over to sin we'd stop forfeiting that life over to the enemy and so what if it's what if that's true what if being fully alive is actually The point that it's directly connected to God's enjoyment. How do you bring God joy? You become fully alive. What if that's true? In John Eldridge's book, Waking the Dead, this is a a book that has haunted me. I've read it a couple times, and uh, it's just fantastic. But John Eldridge writes this. Hope unbidden arose at the thought that God's intentions towards me might be better than I'd thought. His happiness and my happiness are tied together? That my coming fully alive is what he's committed to? That's the offer of Christianity? Wow. I mean... It would make no small difference if we knew, and I mean really knew, that deep down in your toes kind of knowing that no one and nothing can talk you out of it, knew that our lives and God's glory were bound together. Things would start looking up. It would feel promising. The offer is life. Make no mistake about that. So then, where is that life? And why is it so rare? Why is it so rare? God's glory, his enjoyment, his goal, his thing that brings him a smile is you being fully alive. Not letting the thief come and steal or kill or destroy any of it, but you being fully alive. Isaiah chapter 41 says this. I have chosen you, and I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is God just wanting you to know that he's, he's right there, that he's fully present with you at all times. He's not giving you uh, partial attention at any time. He's saying, I am here all the way with you. I am ready to engage with you whenever you're ready to engage with me. He's the father in the story of the prodigal son who waits for his kids to come back and he's not waiting to punish them. He's standing there with his arms wide open, ready to give you a hug and a kiss on your forehead and to slap a ring on your finger and to throw a party because you're back. Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. The Hebrew translation for that be still is essentially to cease uh, striving, to stop Stop trying so hard. Like, stop trying to make something happen um, that you don't have to force to happen. Just hit the pause button on everything else. Hit the pause button on everything else in your life and focus completely on me. Look at me all the way. You'll being just amazed at what is revealed. What would it look like for your family and your friends if you dedicated yourself to a challenge of being fully present with them, of making them the most important person in the room, making them feel valuable. I've seen incredible things. What would happen if you do that with the person at the drive-thru who's serving your food? You want to get incredible service if you go out to eat somewhere? Be fully present with the waiter or waitress. Like, just make eye contact. Listen. Let them know that you're hearing everything they say. Ask them how their day's going. You're not going to believe, they'll be like, This is the best service I've ever received. Yeah, guess why? Because you're treating them like a human. (laughs) On the other side, what would it look like for you to be fully present with God? Um, To actually give him not half-hearted attention, not double-minded thoughts, but all of you. And to fixate on him completely, to be still and know that he's God. God. Cool stuff can happen. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Um, I know this is a, a rather barbaric way of doing it. It's the way that works. I want you to write the number 15 on your hand. That you would write the number 15 on your hand. And that this would be a reminder to you this week to spend 15 minutes... Of your day, being fully present with God. To see what could happen if you be fully present with Him for 15 minutes, and I, I it could be in several different ways. Um, you could read the Bible for 15 minutes. You could pray for 15 minutes. You could pray for seven minutes and read the Bible for eight minutes. You could worship. Just put on worship music and sit and soak in it. Give 15 minutes to him each day this week and be fully present with him. And what would it look like for you to be fully present with some people this coming week? One of the most simple-sounding things that I've ever taken part in in my life, I was a, um, a member of the hospitality team of the Tri-County Vineyard. Um, We basically just opened doors for people who were coming in and helped answer any questions. If anyone was lost, uh, we would just kind of look for anyone who um, maybe seemed like they needed somebody to talk to, but we were continually challenged again and again. They they said the three-for-three challenge. Every week we would have the three-for-three challenge where we would find three people that we'd never met before, and we would focus on talking to them for at least three minutes, that we would find three people we've never met, and we would try to <laughs> stretch it to three minutes talking to this person and saying, hi, how are you doing? Oh, good. All right, see ya. No, so, uh, oh my gosh, two minutes and 53 seconds left. Um... Is this your first time at the church? Oh, it is? How did you hear about it? Two minutes and 40 seconds. (laughs) And three minutes could feel like an eternity, but I cannot believe, I can't believe that this is real. But we led multiple people to Christ after those three-minute conversations. Multiple people gave their lives over to Jesus because we sat and talked with them for three minutes, turned into ten. And they decided to make a life altering decision because they said, I'm gonna find somebody and I'm going to be fully present with them for just three minutes and see where it goes. And it went to some incredible places. What would it look like to do that with your your family and your friends? Let's pray. Lord, today is a a reminder for me and I'm I'm hoping a a challenge to everyone in this room of how powerful it can be to give ourselves completely over to someone, of how powerful it can be to give ourselves completely to you and not be double-minded, to let our soul attention be fixed on you And to give our full presence to your kids. And I pray that you would be bringing people to mind right now. That maybe we haven't been present enough with. Maybe we've been afraid of that awkward silence or that um, not knowing what to say next. Or maybe we've thought that they just weren't going to be interesting enough for us to waste our time on. I just pray that you would give us a a new understanding. God, help us to be present with people so that anyone who comes in contact with us feels more valued when they walk away. That they have a boost in confidence. That they have um, that feeling of being loved and heard. God, we just want to be a different kind of people. We want to be more like your son, Jesus. So let us follow his example. Help us to give our hearts to other people and help us to give our heart, our mind, and our soul completely over to you. And we pray expectantly that you're going to bless us through it. You're going to give us favor. We recognize that your glory is when we're fully alive. Help us to be people who are fully alive. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. I hope to see you all soon. Have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.